Hi everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast. I'm Charlotte Rogers, Associate Editor at Marketing Week, and today I'm joined by Giles Rees-Jones, CMO of What Three Words. Founded in 2013 to revolutionise the way the world talks about location, What Three Words divides the world into 57 trillion three metre squares defined by three words. As well as being a consumer-facing app, the 100-strong team work with partners including Mercedes, Domino's and Premier Inn. Giles joined the business in 2014 when the team consisted of just five people, with a brief to develop the vision, redesign the brand identity and lead the go-to-market strategy. He now runs a team of more than 40 creatives, strategists, PR people, performance marketers, account and production people. Welcome, Giles. There's so much to discuss. And I feel like a good place to start would be the pandemic. Um, so for a business kind of focus on simplifying street addressing at a time when everyone was confined at home under lockdown, did COVID help the business accelerate? That's a really interesting question. Yes, you're right. Um, it's difficult building a, an addressing system um, when people are not out and about and don't have an opportunity to to use it. So we definitely saw um, a, a decrease in the number of people using the system. Um, uh, from a consumer point of view, and we also saw a big impact from our partners. We get a lot of um, uh, revenue. A lot of our partners are um, car manufacturers, for example, and uh, they they stopped production. So we did see uh, a big impact there. Um, but we took the time to to optimize as much of our processes as possible, and so we built a really robust performance, digital performance marketing uh, team. And we got really good at um, testing different concepts, uh, iterating on those concepts to see what um, what would and wouldn't drive download and what wouldn't, uh, wouldn't drive uh, usage. And so we used the pandemic to, um, to optimize uh, a lot of that. And then on the, on the partner side, we saw a a dramatic increase in um, uh, in delivery services and direct consumer delivery services, and so whereas we we saw an impact um, from our auto partners, actually um, we saw a massive pickup in the number of people that were using What Three Words to deliver goods and services, um, and and we came out of the pandemic really well set up uh, with our performance marketing and with our delivery services for when the world opened up again. It's really interesting to kind of hear those sort of different um, perspectives of different things happening to the business under the pandemic. And this probably plays into my next question around the kind of business model, because you describe what three words as a B2B to C business. And I wondered whether being a brand which kind of straddles the world of B2B and B2C marketing gives you a different kind of perspective. Yes, we've got a very interesting model. From a marketing point of view, we've got an in-house agency that not only services the business, but we actually make ads and content for our partners um you know we've, we've been some of our work has been shortlisted at dnad and can uh for the work that we've done for people like um airbnb you know we've made we've made ads for mercedes we've put content in the back of uh taxis in uh in japan for our sony uh, client so we've got a very interesting business model we've got part of the team that look at b2c driving downloads of our app and dr- driving a kind of understanding of our app uh, we have a, a B2B business that ensures that uh, partners want to integrate us. So I'm aware of the app, I use the system, and then I can type it into a checkout field, or I can use it in a uh, in a taxi, or I can use it to get a, 
a delivery. And then we have a team that looks at producing assets for those partners so they can communicate to their consumers that they use what three words. We've got a lot of experience uh, in, in doing it. And actually, we've, we've scaled the business. We've, we've built a, a comms hub for our partners so they can go to this comms hub. They can select the vertical they're in. They can download all of the assets they might need. We've got you know, press release templates. We've got social media content templates, all our logos, and they can download those and, and, and push those out. So we're doing a lot around building for scale and make it as easy as possible for partners to announce that they use what three words. So interesting that you have such a kind of dedicated arm, like you say, this sort of in-house agency that caters to what your partners need. And and I wonder because obviously you, you know you've got all that activity that you're doing around the B two B and what you're doing with with those brands. But then um, you know earlier in April you went live with a brand campaign um, for your brand and kind of talking about obviously raising the profile of what three words across the UK. Why did it feel like the right time for that particular campaign? And do you see kind of a balance to be struck because you did mention the lockdown you know you really put a lot of energy into performance marketing do you see that balance between performance marketing and long-term brand building yeah it's a super interesting question i think that the um uh, you you hit a a certain point when you're doing digital advertising uh we certainly did where uh, we saw a, uh, a decrease in our efficiency we, we kind of hit a ceiling right where we couldn't really spend any much more much more money uh, efficiently and so it totally made sense to look at other channels and more mass awareness uh, brand building channels and so we've done that in the past i mean we, we use a lot of pr to do our brand building we've done a couple of tv campaigns in the past in a, in a number of different markets i think the difference with what we did um this year is actually we started to show a bit more of our personality and so the ad is uh is a bit cheeky it's kind of amusing it kind of shows what three words is about. Historically, we've been very, I guess, functional um, with what we're with what we're saying. I mean, we're used by emergency services all over the world, and so we have to take care with how we're positioned. But yes, it felt right um, at this point to poke fun at the fact that actually poor addressing is a real issue in it, uh, and it does cause problems. So yeah, it felt like the right time. And we, yes, we have this balance between driving people to download the app, driving people to use the app, telling people that they can use it in, in partners, and then just making sure we've got great awareness um, about the system. Yeah, I mean, if I could just ask you, because it's really interesting what you were saying about this this latest campaign, bringing out the tone of voice and kind of who, a bit more of the character of the brand. Was that nerve-wracking to do that for the first time? Kind of really sort of say, you know, be a bit tongue-in-cheek and, and kind of have that, that personality on screen? It was, yes. We're quite conservative, I think, as, a, as an advertiser. And we tend to, to say things quite straight and fairly factual because we're, we're often a kind of ingredient, ingredient brand. Uh, so, yes, we worked with Neverland, uh, who seemed to get the brand kind of immediately. We had a conversation with them and they came up with a couple of interesting kind of positioning lines. And then when we first saw the script, I think everybody had a, a kind of laughed out loud. The CEO loved it. Um, and it did feel like it was it was the right thing to do. So a little bit nervous, but because it felt right to all of us who have lived and breathed this brand for seven, eight years, um, it felt like it wasn't too much of a gamble. It's so interesting. I, I kind of wanted to go back to your start of the journey at What Three Words in 2014 and, and how you built the marketing team, your marketing team from scratch. And I want to get a sense of what it's like to kind of join a startup and craft your own team and how you identify which skills you need to bring in and when, because obviously, you know, you need to 
you know, you need those skills, but you need to be patient. Maybe you bring skills in at a later date. You know, how did you think about crafting a team? Moving from a from an ad agency where I'd spent, you know, kind of 20 odd years, I think 10 years at, uh, at Ogilvy and moving to a startup uh, was such a huge difference in the the, the pace and, and kind of sheer volume of work being being pushed out. So it was a real difference. And when you're hiring people, you know, kind of startup life is not for, for everybody. And so worked really hard to try and identify uh, people that kind of had the right temperament, I guess, um, and philosophy for, for working in a, um, in a startup. I think attitude was one of the key things that we, and we still hire against often over skills you've got to you've got to fit in you've got to be able to take the the kind of pressure and the the you know change in direction and the and the speed and the pace of it and we started out by hiring people who would who were more kind of generalists who could turn their hand to a few things we you know this was kind of pre-series a um so there was not a lot of, of money to go around and we were um and we were kind of doing everything ourselves i was i was making ads on my mac and i was sitting in my living room with my duvet over my head doing voiceovers. Um, uh, uh, but as we've progressed, we've hired specialists into, into kind of key roles. The other thing that we did intentionally was to hire senior people. Some of our first hires were very, very senior people because not only could they kind of roll their, their, their sleeves up and get stuck in, but um, as we grew, we could fill people in uh, kind of backfill people under underneath them that they could that they could manage so we were we were quite top heavy for a while uh but now it's kind of it, it's evened out much more that's so interesting to hear that strategy of getting those senior hires first and kind of building a team around them rather than in what some startups do is kind of get very very junior people and kind of not um sort of there's quite a big gap between the senior people and very junior so it's interesting to see how you've done it it kind of served us well. I think it's it's difficult, yes, if you if you hire junior people in, um, because then at some point you are you are going to have to hire senior people in, at which point you potentially you, know, you kind of upset the dynamic. But also those senior people have just got much more experience and have have been around. They understand um, kind of strategy and and kind of pragmatism and and patience. You know, there's, there's lots of stuff that we wanted to do very early on. It just wasn't quite the right time. So yeah, I think definitely the the advice that I've given to other startups is is hire senior. I guess the challenge is is uh, getting someone senior who potentially is work at a bigger client or a bigger agency. It's quite a difficult step to go from uh, from that sort of I guess security uh, in a job to um, to a startup where it, it can be a little bit of a gamble. Lots of startups don't don't quite make it. That's so interesting how you get that balance of skills right and who will fit that sort of world and the startup world I mean the last time you spoke to marketing week for an interview actually was kind of 2018 and and you explained at the time to my colleague that about a third of the team back then were focused on marketing and the business was choosing to in-house more skills and I get a sense you know that four years on that's still the case what does it look like now in terms of in-housing and working with external talent with a team of I think 45 now and we do a huge amount of uh, production in-house but definitely recognize the skills of of agencies and production houses and specialists and and freelancers. So we we have got a very hybrid model. We can do a lot of stuff, but then you you pull in someone like a, a Neverland, um, who have just got a, a a very different kind of point of view, and they're perhaps not as bogged down in the brand as maybe 
maybe we are. So they they definitely brought a very different perspective. So that was that was incredibly helpful. And and similarly, we're working with agencies in uh, in India, in Korea, in Japan, um, and Germany, where we've we've made TV ads in in all of those markets. And then we we also work with specialists, uh, specialist PR um, agencies uh, in key markets. And so we um, we do do a lot in house. Um, particularly around the performance marketing, where we can have to move incredibly fast. We have to be incredibly close to the data. We're trying new campaigns every two weeks in multiple languages, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and, and kind of optimizing against that. But when we're looking at, at TV and, and PR and kind of direct marketing, we, we, we work with specialist agencies in, those, in, in that regard. The brand is so global that like when you talk about how you know you're in markets like Korea or Germany, uh, do you think that having that external know-how in those markets actually really helps because there are all those nuances that that they maybe get that us in the UK maybe wouldn't understand? Local market nuances is, is is everything. Yeah, I think that the the addressing issue is a universal issue whether you live in yeah a rural part of the UK, uh, a rural part of Germany, or uh, or, or somewhere in India, you know, you're you're frustrated by having you know a, a bad address or people not being able to find you, and so that insight is universal. Kind of how it plays out is very different. We have a couple of ways of getting around that. Yes, local agencies and local media agencies are incredibly helpful. What three words is available in fifty languages, and so we have language consultants that help us identify and grade all of the different words that we use. So they go through the, the word list in Bengali, for example, and they remove rude words, they remove homophones, they remove hyphenated words, and they, they grade all these words. And they actually provide an amazing amount of insight into, uh, into the market. And so we, we, we gather our local market insights from these language consultants, from media agencies, from, from creative agencies, uh, from uh, from research and then also from performance marketing, because we're spending quite a lot on uh, on digital advertising, putting a concept out and seeing how it performs is a really really good indicator of uh, of a local insight that then we can take and put into TV or we can take and put into outdoor or or, or print, and so we we gather insights from a number of different places. It's fascinating. There's so much going on within the business, clearly. And I feel like you must be busy all the time. But with the new brand campaign live here in the UK, like what's at the top of your agenda for the rest of 2022? We've got a really interesting ecosystem uh, building up in the UK. We've got really high awareness of what three words. And you know, last year it was very much connected with emergency services. And so it was the app that people had on their phone just in case. And then this year, we've moved much more into a, oh, I can use it for everyday things. Um, we've done deals with uh, car companies. Our latest ad features every, it features um, DHL and DPD, all, all companies that accept What Three Words. So we've got this, this ecosystem building up where What Three Words is being used to get a delivery, get a pizza, meet a friend at a festival. You know, uh, Arsenal Football Club are printing it on their tickets for, for match day. And so we're really focused on helping to drive that uh, that ecosystem and just get into popular culture. You see word dot word dot word on a contact page. Um, someone sends it to you on a uh, on a WhatsApp, and you and you know that's an address. And that's starting to happen in the UK. We're focusing on on helping to drive that ecosystem in in 
other key markets. So that's from a consumer point of view. From a from a business point of view, we announced last week in New York that um, Subaru have just built what three words into their cars, so you can get into their latest Outback. Say three words, and it knows exactly where you want to where you want to go. So we're we're also driving hard to become a standard in in the automotive industry. We've now got eleven car partners that accept what three words, and we've got a few more to announce in the next few months. So it's exciting, um, exciting times. Well, Jazz, thank you so much. It's been it's been lovely speaking to you and finding out more about kind of the marketing mission at What Three Words. We hope you enjoyed this latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learn podcast, and check out the next episode coming soon on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. That just leaves me to thank Giles and you for listening. Thanks.